Alrighty guys, this is a brand new segment I'm doing called I May Be Wrong But I Doubt It. It's after one of my favorite Charles Barkley books. Anyway, I had two gym owners come on the podcast because they had a significant issue with one of the things I had posted recently. We had a disagreement, so I invited them on here so we could jam and kind of just hash it out and just have a good debate. However, I fucked up the audio on my mic. Their mics were fine. Mine was completely fucked, and this is all I do, right? I literally, for a living now, just create things for you guys, and to fuck that up really bothers me, but guys, please bear with me. I think you're still going to get a lot out of this. Um, enjoy this brand new segment. What's up, guys? I am so excited. This is the first episode in a brand new segment that I'm calling I May Be Wrong, But I Doubt It. It's named after one of my favorite books by Charles Barkley. Anywho, I made a post about a week or so ago. It pissed off a lot of people, you know, gym owners especially. So I invited a few of them onto the podcast so we could debate it and hash this out and just kind of talk about this topic. And as someone, like, this is what I do. I create things now for a living, right? I, I take a lot of pride in the stuff I create, and I really fucked up the audio on my end. My mic is a little distorted on this. It's still completely, like, fine. You're going to be okay, but it is not my best work. And I just wanted to apologize for you guys um, or to you guys, but I think you're still going to enjoy this. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this new segment. I'm not as big of a dick as it seems like I actually am. So as much <laughs> as you might think I'm a huge dick, I promise you I'm not. Yeah, I had actually blocked you um, <laughs> until Will, not because, you know, you never said anything to me, but I was just like, the energy is not energy that works for me. Yeah. Will and Chloe said that you were really great talking to them, so I unblocked you, um, and then I saw that post and, of course, was like, no! <laughs> I gave him a chance that he fucked it up. Um, <laughs> not that you're missing anything if you don't have me. It's like dating. Just because you're not my type doesn't mean you're not. hundred percent. No, I know. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. So this will be this will be cool. I think again. I think this is the cool conversation. Uh, like generally, when you're podcast, it's generally people who are it's someone like me, maybe interviewing someone who's got a book to talk about or a service they do. I think it's just cool having a couple of gym owners sit around. Like we don't get cooler talk a lot. Right, we're all just alone in our Ivy Towers. Just we have our coaches and stuff, but like that—that's why that CrossFit affiliate owners group becomes such a shit show because we never have the outlet to vent with other business owners, and then we do it, and we're like that cat, you know, you know, gif where he's at the keyboard just going nuts. So I think this will be cool for us to jam. Um, but yeah, I uh, I just want to say thank you guys so much for for taking the time to do this. I know you're busy. You've got businesses to run, so. Um, it is Stu, it is What the Fuck Gym Talk, and this is fun. I'm hoping this is the beginning of a, of a new segment, but I have two affiliate owners on, and we recently all got into a discussion um, of debate, of disagreeance, of whatever, recently on one of the affiliate owners forums, and I, I invited them to come on the podcast and to jam on it, and they were awesome and gracious to say sure, they were you know willing to do it. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, let them introduce themselves. Alyssa, we'll start with you. Okay, I'm Alyssa Royce. I own Rocket CrossFit in Seattle with my husband. We've been doing that for almost eight years now. Either almost eight years or almost nine. Awesome. Almost eight. Good deal. And then we have Will Hamilton. Yeah, I'm Will. I, uh, I own a gym called uh, Synergy, a fitness community. We're uh, just north of Atlanta, and uh, we've been doing business up there for four or five years now. Good deal. Very cool. So it, let so let's just square this up for anyone who's not in uh, not in the know. So I made a post on Instagram last week, last Thursday or Friday, whatever it was, and it was uh, it was one of these kind of 
templated ones they create, you know, black, white lettering, and it makes a very bold, very generally controversial statement. And this one said, stop spending 10 minutes with Sally after class to help with her muscle up. And then I, I gave a little bit of, I wrote some long form context to it. And this stuff sparked a really good conversation. I was in a car, actually, we were, and my wife was driving. We were going down to the beach. I was in a three-hour car ride, and uh, my battery, my laptop died. I was like, I'm going to be really bored. And I wasn't bored. I had plenty to keep me entertained with, you know, kind of having retort back and forth with people on this post. So let's go ahead and, you know, to, to set this thing up, right? And it, most people who kind of get my shtick get this. My objective is to create things, whether it be a conversation, uh, a business, a video, a podcast, or whatever. And in generally, the best way to create something is to, is to make a noise loud enough for everyone to look around. And, and it's generally where I come up with these kind of things. I'm not looking, I'm looking to come up with things where 50% of people are going to say, fuck that guy. Because at least it will get a conversation started because that's the end goal is what I'm looking to do is create a conversation. So um, this post, I think obviously, you know, it, it did that. So when you guys, I'm going to start with Alyssa, when you first saw this post, what was your initial reaction to this entire thing? I would be so pissed if one of my coaches didn't offer to help Susie or Sally, whatever her name was. Oh, 100%. So in your eyes, it was one of these things where if I was a, a fly on the wall or like watching through a security camera, my coaches and a, and a member came up and asked for help on something and they said, yeah, sure, but we got to get that meter going. Like time is money, lady. Sure, I'll do this, but it's going to cost you. That would have been something as an owner, you would have, the wrath of God would have came down. Yeah. That, well, I don't know about the wrath of God because I don't consider myself God. God like. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> but no, I, I feel really, really strongly that people come to us for their coaching and for the community and for help. And while I wouldn't want anyone feeling like they have to give away full-on personal training sessions, um, those little tips and tricks, the little help and encouragement is 100% what my coaches are there for, and that's what they're paid very well to Awesome. And then, Will, when you initially saw, what was your reaction? Will, you, we have a little bit of, me and Will have hours and hours of conversations, so he's a little better context to my, my shtick, but what was your initial take? Well, of course, like you said, I, I mean, I know what you're trying to do, right? And I, I know you will have to understand that you're trying to, you know, create some stir. And I also know that you're how you pitch, you know, your goal is to help struggling gyms, you know, create more revenue. And I know, you know PT is a way to do that. So with that framework, I, I didn't, my initial reaction was a lot like Alyssa's in that what immediately came to my mind after kind of excusing you <laughs> was, yeah, that seems like th that he is blatantly throwing away what most people recognize in our industry as a huge customer service play. This is what we do that goes, it's different than Orange Theory. It's different than others, right? We don't kick you out after classes is over. And then I immediately came to my mind, three members that are right now looking at our gym because a gym down the street has literally just made that rule that once class is over, you can't even touch the rig. You can't touch the equipment. It goes back up and the next class, unless you want to pay for quote open gym time or pay for personal training. And I was just thinking like, we would never have had that opportunity had other gyms not done that. So those are the two things, the first two things that came to our mind. And then immediately after, I'm like, look, I, he, he's right, though. And I, I don't completely disagree with you. If your goal is to sell personal training, I think you're right. It's just that that's not necessarily our first goal. Sure. And it is interesting because I'm, I'm coming from um, 
understanding that, like, I understand where this is coming from. I understand where you're coming from. I understand where the majority of people listening and what they heard versus, I think, the, the pure intention. And again, I understand, unfortunately, I have to, you know, bear that. If I'm going to make a somewhat douchey statement like that to get attention, I got to understand a lot of people are not going to filter through to understand the, the total message. In essence, Sally comes to us after class as a coach and says, man, I just, I don't know. I have just something about that transition to muscle. I just can't get, do you think it's my blank? And you guys engage in a conversation. And hell, even if you take her to the low set of rings, you're like, I saw what you were doing. You were doing this when you should have done this. You throw her a visual cue, right? Or maybe you just give her a verbal cue. Hell, you even get down on one knee and you grab her and you put a band through the ring and you give her a ta you know, a tactical cue. Great, good, grand. My goal, though, is understanding that that right there is the, the what's called, that's what gets you, gets her high, right? But we're not going to deer. We're not going to service the entire educational session there. And I also truly believe, I give respect to the movements. I don't think most of it, like, again, I don't believe in the Chuck Carswell level 17 CrossFit coach that can sprinkle a magical cue on people and then they instantly get the movement. Now, what happens, and we've seen it on Instagram, we're like, just do this. And someone gets it, and we go apeshit, and we clap, and it's awesome. And that's the stuff that, like, magic is made out of. But by and large, most people, for something as advanced, why I picked the movement as a muscle-up in that statement, it's going to need some dedicated time. Mm -hmm. I, I also, I'm a big believer, and I, I think a lot of the, the ability to do these movements has been really downplayed. I think in a lot of CrossFit gyms, there are members in there who are like, I should, I, I should be able to do a muscle-up. I've been, been here a year. Well, yeah, Johnny, but you can barely do one and a half strict pull-ups. Why the fuck should you be able to do a muscle-up? There's a progress, like, there's a respect for the amount of work that goes into that. And to think that I can sit here and in 10 minutes, 15, 5, whatever it may be, and give it to you, like I have it in my pocket. Like, it's in my pocket, but no, 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 you can't touch that unless you pay me money. Like, that is not what it is. I want some respect. The fact, like, we, we got to sit down. I want to do an assessment. How many strict chest bars do you do? How many pronated versus supine do you have? What is your basic scap strength? Like, it's not just as simple as here's some stuff. Now, I think you give that sprinkle of stuff after class. I do. I do truly mean, I do truly believe that you should sprinkle them with some of your coaching craft, perfection, power, but then progress it to a date. Progress it to a date one-on-one -on -one to actually dive deep. What do you guys think about that? Alyssa, you want to go first? Uh, <laughs> so many thoughts. Um, you know, I get, I get stuck on language, which you probably know about me, and the, the two different languages that you've used, the paradigms that you use are the pickup artist language um, of, and the drug dealer language, both of which are some level of entrapment to go in for the kill. Um, and I guess that when I look at my relationship with our members, I'm looking exactly at that, at relationships. They're not something that I'm necessarily trying to milk money out of. So my first question for Sally would actually be, why do you want to do a muscle up? Great first question not something everybody needs um and i agree with you fully that yes we sprinkle and we coach and we and we all of that stuff and that if somebody wants personal training we we sell it to them but it's not this sort of level of trickery it has to do with actually understanding who they are what their goals are how you relate to each other and what they actually want because i'm not interested in just you know pulling money out of Sally or selling her pipe dreams that she can or should do muscle ups. So those are, you know, those are my first two thoughts. I, I love that a hundred percent. Um, real quick, just for some context is, so with the revenue streams of the gym, you have obviously a membership dues and then PT is also a secondary revenue stream you guys have, correct? Of course. Yep. Awesome. 
Okay, I just want to make sure. I know Will had that. I just yeah. want to make sure. And it's actually so to be clear with us though, the the primary revenue stream of personal training is not intended for us. It's intended for our coaches. Yeah. Take the only the money that we take out of it is just literally what it costs us to operate the space, including paying employment taxes and those things. And the coach keeps it. Do you follow a percentage like a, you know Cooper's made really popular the four nines about like forty five percent to a coach, thirty percent to the business's profit, twenty five percent allocated for overhead and taxes? Actually, we give the coach sixty five percent and we keep thirty five. Um, so we literally. The 35 covers overhead. We we literally do not try to generate money for ourselves off of that. Okay. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Like kind of after my piece? Well, I mean, of course you, I mean, you chose obviously the most extreme examples. You chose the, the grand finale of all movements. And then you, you chose, you know, a five, five to 10 minutes. So that's the first thing that got me is I, I know myself personally. I don't know if I've ever shown someone a muscle up, but I've in five to 10 minutes after class, I've helped someone, you know, get some double unders. I've helped someone link toes to bar. You posted a video recently of something where you spent a couple minutes after, and I watched it. I loved it. It was one of the girls and you were just doing some work with her after class. Okay. Yeah. So, so we have seen those success stories. And so that, that just kind of like Alyssa mentioned on a bare bones, just like a number system. Like we do personal training. We sell it always on the front end, you know, as foundations. We're not so big on the recurring personal training. We offer it. But I, as you know, I put that all on my coaches and I say, I give them that option. I say, look, if you want to sell personal training and want to earn more money, you go out and do it. And the way you're suggesting doing it is how you should do it, guys. If you just want to give your 10 minutes after class away for free, that's, that's up to you too. And most of them would rather do that because they don't love personal training. And we're they, not, they don't like selling. No, they don't like personal that's, training. I don't like okay. They, they don't even mind the sell, and we have a couple of coaches that will sell. If look, if it's five or ten minutes, they don't care. They'll go do it. An hour. I'm not. I've not ever asked a coach to stay thirty minutes or an hour with a client. Like that's its training, personal training session. But you literally said five to ten minutes when there, we have classes that have like a, like we have a seven o'clock class it ends at eight, and the next one isn't until eight thirty. So the coach is sitting there on their ass. And so if I was a client and I put myself in the client's shoes and I walk up to that coach who's just sitting there waiting for the next class to begin, maybe cleaning, you know, cleaning up or something. And I say, Hey, could you take five minutes and show me double earners? They say, Nope, not without starting the clock. Are you going over here to the kiosk and paying me for yep. it? I, as a client, don't think that's a dick move. So, so that's the things that came to my mind when that we could give them some success in that amount of time. Again, not going overboard with it. I, I, you know, our, our coaches, you know, we're lucky enough and fortunate enough where they make a, a good living without having to do any more personal training on top of the intro sessions that we, we require. So they're content with that and they don't really love training. They're, they're group fitness instructors for a reason. They love and thrive in that group environment. Got it. We have one that, that love, likes the one-on-one -on -one environment a lot, but, but other than that, by and large. So maybe one of the pieces of the content I need to make then is kind of what is like, what is that elevator pitch you know that what what is the thing that is going to give some value to sally and i think it's good to demonstrate it right like again i'm a big believer in this group model like yeah. if you have a class of 15 people the the fact that the, the thought that you're going to show awesome muscle up progression and individual coaching to 15 people in a one-hour class is tough it's very hard like if you break it down you literally can spend a minute and a half to two minutes with each person depending on the how the class structure is but just for argument's sake so how much is enough to sprinkle on that client? And A, so you're not giving them that middle finger, like F you, the clock's running. Give them enough. But then to still say, and if you're really serious about it, or going to what Alyssa said, why? If you ever want to discuss kind of the why, maybe it's really not a muscle up you're after. Maybe it's like 
you're just like, I really want this to look better. We could do that with ring rows, you know, like maybe it's yeah. something like that. And then let's book that appointment to do that. And, and so one of the things, the other place where this comes from for me is, is the idea of scalability. In what I do every single one of the things I'll say is working with micro gym owners every single day, anything like that, just like, you know, you see it with police and firemen, you can get jaded because you, yeah, you deal with train wrecks where I have someone that is, I cannot stoop pay someone to do this. And, and then I generally, it always comes down to, and where we've had this conversation, you will not be able to do what you want with this business in growing Seattle rents or your coaches who don't mind maybe making that money now, Will, but when they have two kids and those kids need braces in private school, they're going to be like, well, Will, why don't we have 10 more classes a day? Well, because no one's coming to a two o'clock class. Like, so there will, at some point with scale, whether it be economy prices are rising on things that we will need to find other revenue streams other than membership only. And I do believe personal training is the best one for that. You know, you'll see a lot of gyms now are doing it on the front end with PT first. And then they're, you know, keeping something like that going, you, you know, Mad Labs is really big into the hybrid membership, right? Where you have a, a certain amount of group and a certain amount of PT and, and something like that is really cool as well. Where do you guys see with, as we're having this conversation, the scalability issues on the front of, or do you foresee any, or how would you avoid scalability issues with this conversation that we're having? Well, your, your premise is that scaling is sort of inherently necessary or desirable, yes? Yeah, it's necessary, I'm gonna say it's necessary, yeah. Okay, um, so I don't, I don't feel that at all um, for our gym, for our life, and that's not a universal, sure. you know, my personal truth is not a universal truth. Yeah. Um, I have absolutely zero interest in growth. Um, I love the size and shape and capacity of our gym right now. And I don't, I don't really need that when our rents, you know, our rent goes up every year. So we raise our rates a tiny bit when the rent goes up. But other than that, you know, I get those emails. I can get you 400 new months. I'm like, what the fuck would I do with even 10? Like, Will is a huge fan of the six week challenge, by the way, huge fan. I love the six week challenge because whenever a gym near us, near us runs one, we get members. Yeah. <laughs> It's awesome for us. Yeah. You need to go to the other gym owners. Big. I heard that six-week challenge thing works really well. You should do that. I mean, as soon as people start posting weight loss challenges yeah. and they get members, it's awesome. You y'all just knock yourselves out with that because I think it, it speaks to something that Will said earlier is that it really, it just becomes douchey. Like it's all just a sales pitch and that's not, that's not what we're doing. I don't, I don't want to be that gym. I hate, you know, I, I hate feeling like people are trying to, get shit out of me. So I don't do that to other people. hundred percent. You know, like devil's advocate, I would, you know, then I'm, you know, the part of me is going to come and it's going to go, a trainer might feel like someone's trying to get something out of them too for free. Like I, like you're saying, I don't like to be sold. I like to be interested in something, be interested yeah. in you, have a conversation and then purchase your thing. Cause I like you. So our trainers are, are paid for every minute that they're in the building. So it's not like, it's not like them spending 10 minutes with Sally after a class is, asking them to do something that they're not are they, they're on salary they're paid hourly for okay. every moment that they're in the gym though so it. it's like you know if you're if you're the, however long if somebody keeps you after class yeah you know, paid you, and you mentioned something really unique and again i think you're very much unique in this when you said i'm not looking to grow i and again if we were to pull it like that is where you are going to be the true outlier but i love that for this conversation I'm curious, where is it something where you personally are just financially, I'm comfortable where I'm at and I just don't need, I'm not in a growth, this is 2019 isn't a growth year, it's a maintenance year, or are you well, talking like indefinitely? You know, I, I think it's more of a life philosophy thing. 
um, I've never been one who the whole work hard, play hard thing. I was always like, why make it hard? <laughs> you know, like, why does it have to be hard? And so we, you know, I'm a big fan of enough is enough. And that's absolutely, it's how we approach training also. It's like, if you can get good and strong and solid and safe and healthy, giving me 85%, but you edge up to 95 or 100 and you get injured and broken, why would I want 95 or 100 when sure. 85 is what's, the, is what's the happy place? And, yeah. and I feel that about life. You know, right now, Brady and I make enough money on the gym. We could make more. We could absolutely make shit tons more money. Um, in order to make shit tons more money, we would have to do shit ton more work. Um, and I would really rather lie in bed and watch sex education on Netflix. It's awesome. So it's a, it's a life value thing. Awesome. So, and, and that's where I get in like the, the business, I, I fucking hate that. With someone that talks to micro gym owners on a daily basis, the part of me comes that at some point things will change. Like, you know, for example, very similar, uh, not a CrossFit business, but a, a content business owner doing well and a financial thing happened within his family. Instantly, there needs to be access to more money. Where is that more money going to come from? Right. And and we are, yeah. yeah we, we have a shit, you know, we have, pri we're privileged, like in every possible way one can be privileged. We've got money in the bank. We could, we are, you know, we're, I suspect a good deal older than you, you know, we're 50. It's, it's, we're good. We're golden. I have, I have what I need. So anything now is excess. Yeah. So we need you think, yeah, oh, fuck yeah. I, because I, I, I think I would offer a different, uh, although we come to the same conclusion a different way than Alyssa, because I am absolutely interested in growth, obviously. And I'm, I'm a business guy that that's all I've ever done is grown, you know, grown what I have. And that's all I'm interested in, honestly. Um, and, and to make what I have better and to make it better is not always necessarily growing it. Correct. Uh, but it is still to make it better. Um, so my question would go back to like the, the sheer numbers in it. If you're if scaling is the, is the problem you're trying to solve that, because that's what you asked. And let's say you follow like Coop's four nights thing or whatever. And let's just throw, I don't know what a PT session is 70 bucks an hour or whatever. Use that as a number. So you get the gym out of that, you know, pushing the member to sign up for this PT session. You're risking the member feeling like you're nickel and diming them all this, but you sold it. You did a good job. And what you get out of that is a whole 22 bucks or whatever it is. Um, to me, there's a third dimension to that. I mean, you've got a client who maybe finally gets that muscle up and then makes that video and is really excited. I mean, there's a third dimension beyond revenue. But you could also, you could just as easily as well was saying, get a client who thinks you're a sleazy slime bag and walks away and leaves. And leaves. So, so that, that's the presentation is key. It all comes down to your prezo. It, it no, does. It, that's what I'm always thinking <laughs> in my head is that, okay, $22 was my reward for that. Well, maybe you sold four of them. Maybe you made a hundred bucks. I don't know. But okay, that's my reward where I'm also looking, well, I'm about to get three members down the street because their gym's overdone this, where I'm going to get another $6,000 a year. Sure. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking the risk reward. And then I look down the street and the examples that we you use so well and talk about all the time, what is Orange, Orange Theory or Barry's Bootcamp? Are these people that never, I've never once been offered a personal training session how to row better at Orange Theory. Yet they've had no issue seemingly scaling their business. So I would take the question back to you is, is this the only way that you see to scale or just it's the easiest way? Because it seems like other people in the industry are. Sure. So again, I think a lot of people really, they mistake me. They think I'm a CrossFit guy. I'm a fucking fitness guy. Like I fuck around at Orange Theories and Barry's more than anybody. I have to interrupt you and say that I was about to call you out on Facebook when you said, hey, if anyone has that magic thing to teach someone to muscle up in five minutes, tell me because I'm going to teach all of her stuff. That I was about to say you're a liar, Stu, because we know you don't do muscle ups at Urban <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly 
But no, like so when you compare when when I hear Jim when I get a retort there and you guys are like, well, Stu, but scaling, look at what Orange Theory. I'm like, well, hold on, buddy. That is a volume-based business that works in a two thousand square foot facility. You do not. You are not a volume-based business. You have barbells that are seven feet long. The average CrossFit client takes up 100 square feet. You are not the same business model. They scale in volume. You scale in quality. And when you can't scale in volume, guys, meaning more people, because then you need to get bigger buildings and more equipment, how do you scale? More money per person. Now, I want to go back to what Alyssa said. I said, it could come down to the presentation, not sounding sleazy. And Alyssa made an awesome comment. She goes, no, it sounds fucking sleazy, no matter which way you cut it. So Alyssa, I'm curious, is that on all sales? Like that's just how it just, is that to you just sales and trying to pull money? Because you obviously have to make a sale in the beginning to have the relationship, correct? Yeah. But if you look at, if you look at our website and anybody who knows us, so most of our, we don't advertise. We've never advertised. Um, we get all of our referrals word of mouth for the most part. And then some people actually read our website and they come to us specifically because we say we're not like that. We actually get most of our business from not being the nickel and dime, sell you false promises kind of place. Um, would, that, would that PT session be a false promise in your eyes? No, but that's a PT session. So what we do is we make clear that, you know, people know we offer it because sometimes you get to the gym and it's, it's there happening. Um, but we also tell people that it's not something that everybody needs. So the people who work with us for PT are doing it because they have uh, sport-specific training, injuries, uh, working on some particular goal. Or specific timelines, pre-existing conditions, that stuff, yeah. Yeah, and it's it, like, you know, as Will said, it's a, it's a perfectly fine thing that happens. It's not something the gym makes much money off of. And most of our trainers don't like that. That's one-on-one -on -one is a lot of forced small talk. If you don't want to do forced small talk, you know, I absolutely hate one-on-one. -on -one. Sure. I, I see a lot. So, yeah. I, and I hear this a lot. Well, we've talked about this CrossFit coach, people who came in and their first experience in fitness was I started coaching CrossFit. Like that was my real first experience with group. To me, it's always so foreign and, and, and not bad. It's not bad anyway. Most people in the fitness industry, you learned in a one-on-one, -on -one, and then you like you were given one person to not fuck with, you know, not to hurt or do wrong, and then you were given two, and then three, and then four. And then I get a lot of CrossFit coaches, and I go on site to gyms, and I'll do this, and I see them in a one-on-one, -on -one, and they literally shit their pants, or they're not like I just don't like it. And why? And I'll get that I don't like the small talk, and I will look them dead in their eyes and say, "You're probably you possibly are right, but also the other part of me, Sally." Coach Sally, is that I think you're afraid to be exposed that you're more of a cat herder than you are a that if I asked you to teach the no. kid and again if this is situation, not every coach. I hated having a personal trainer too. Like I getting me out of my house is a hard thing to do. I think you're an introvert like that. Hardcore introvert. Okay, so then there we go. We can kind of map that and, to the introvert. A lot of people are. Yes, they are, just like a lot of people are also extroverts. Right. Our gym probably attracts, has a disproportionate number of introverts, for sure. sure. Yeah. Brady and I are both introverts. Yeah. And so, and so different flavors, right? So again, like maybe in a gym where like Alyssa's, where you have a lot of introverted clients who aren't going to want that one-on-one -on -one attention. Yeah, that's probably, you know, what would probably work really well, really well in Alyssa's gym is probably more like templates and individual design, things people can maybe do on their own under the guidance of a coach who writes the program. That could be, yeah, that could be like a great, you know, for any of you guys listening, if you're listening to a list, you're like, shit, this chick is describing my gym, then maybe PT isn't that revenue stream, but there has to be another revenue stream. It cannot be group only in a CrossFit model that is not an orange theory, that is not volume-based. The reason, Will, you have to eventually, in my opinion, I've said this to you before, you have to get comfortable selling PT is because I know you want to grow. 
and you cannot fit that many more people in your business in your business. I know it. You're gonna hit me up one day, like I found a bigger building. I'm like, God, all that fucking work you just did, Will, you just raise your expenses 38% to fit another 62 people in there when you could have sold each person an additional 30 fucking bucks and shit per month if your goal is growth. So, so I want to take that back because we do individual programming for people and any and all of our coaches, actually, even I do that. I write programming for people. Um, and you know, we use sugar wad. We bought, purchased the unlimited tracks option. So we've got a kajillion. Um, it's a great product. Um, it is. That makes, that makes money for everybody who does it. Um, and it doesn't necessitate, um, one-on-ones because not everybody can do it or wants that. You know, we make that available to people based on their experience, along with the 24-7 access membership. We make available to people who have experience and sign all the contracts, and that's additional revenue without, you know, us having to do a whole lot more. Sure. We do that too, Stu. We, we do that. We, well, it's yeah. not, but we, I write, we tie it into our nutrition program, but for clients that, you know, pay the extra for nutrition yeah. coaching, I will write them, and they, maybe their goal is to build strength or whatever, back squat or whatever it is, and then I will write them, programming once every other week to, I don't coach them. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to be there, but here's what you should do. Do you charge for the additional programming? I, no, I just tack it on as part of the, the, of the nutrition program they're already paying for. So sort yes and no, I don't, I don't, I don't personally make any money off of it. I, I don't, cause I don't care. Yeah. I've already got this template saved. I just, I loaded in there, but the, uh, yeah, the gym is making money off of it. If that's your question. But yeah. that also goes back to what Will was saying earlier, that when you build these super sticky relationships, the lifetime value of that, is pretty awesome. So you, yes. you get people who I'm guessing will, these people are never going to leave Will. <laughs> I mean, we had zero, I mean, and Stu will tell you this, he's seen our numbers, but we had zero people leave our gym the last two months. I mean, to name another gym, over a hundred members that their attrition is zero. If Ours is damn close. It's usually just, I mean, it's just about a town. It, yeah. And that's why. And it's, it's at customer service. Yeah. yeah. Correct. And, and go ahead, Alyssa. Turnover's expensive. Turnover is very expensive. Acquiring a new client is very expensive. That's why, again, my big thing has always been you have some members in the gym, not all, some that want more. And that's why I use the Chipotle reference. If you guys follow my stuff, I use Chipotle as a reference for everything. I think it's a beautiful business model. Um, I use Chipotle when you want something extra on that line, and it's not everything. So it's probably not the best because I get extra veggies like Cray, and they don't charge me for anything. But if I get extra chicken, there will be an upcharge there because the chicken has a higher value apparently than maybe the vet for whatever reason they don't upcharge for it. Yeah. My thing here is on, on this front, like, so for example, one of the things I always look for playing to the chest, Will does not charge, we, Will's coaches are instructed to give that extra five to 10 minutes after class. Will's business continue to grow and he has a 23 person class and after class, there is one coach, maybe two for 23 people. Maybe he's doing a good coach to ratio. And there is three, four or so people that have that request for that extra time. At some point, again, when you're playing business, it's not always like right now we're completely content and there's no problem. Your job is to look down the lane and think about where could this possibly, possibly become an issue? And can we just at least be proactive instead of reactive? How would you in this scenario, Will, if that were to come up, what would your game plan be? Yeah, you, you're exactly right. You have to draw the line somewhere. And so when you, yeah, there's a group of four, well, this, that sounds to me like, hey, you're, you're a gymnast. This sounds like it needs to be a small group seminar. It's a revenue opportunity, yeah. For an hour, you charge these, these people, you know, 25 bucks each, come to your seminar next Saturday and you show these four. So do you tell those four people, hey guys, listen, this is probably not, let, let's do this instead. I'll do it this Sunday and it's yeah. going to be 25 extra dollars. I think, I think in that case, if you've got what you just described there, yes. 
it's the it's, the, it's where that line draws. I think Alyssa and I and so many other business will all have a different place we draw that line. You would uh, is that you know that five minute drill where you could show them one drill for five minutes and say, okay, now do, go do this drill for the next two weeks and report back to me, and I'll give you the next thing. Where that's like, okay, that's a five minute one drill. Hey, you know, but like an hour of in-depth, let's go through all everybody's problem. Let's get out the video camera. Let's get out coach's eye. Oh, absolutely. I wouldn't give that away for free. But again, I don't require my coaches to do one thing or the other. I tell them, if you want to give away that out of the goodness of your heart, I think you're crazy, but, but go ahead. I mean, my, it's keeping me happy. It's keeping yeah. me happy and I'm making money off of it, but I wouldn't do it, you know. So when, when we've had that situation, that is how double under workshops have come up, you know, that's, we, we create workshops of those and it's another revenue opportunity again for our coaches. So they do it, but that's also where our 24 seven access came up out of that. Cause there were these sort of dead times between sure. classes and every now and then a coach would hang out with their friends, which gets clicky. And so we cut that off yeah. and that, you know, so there's, there's ways to do it without sort of saying but eventually but so when i in both scenarios though whether it's the in my let's say you're in my gym and that happens where my coach just says well, okay cool but we're going to book a pt session and then in this scenario ultimately it ends up in a sale correct yeah sure yeah but there's that 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 not denying that you can't have the five or ten minutes sure 100 percent. well like if you want to do it you know you go for it but you know i'm usually pretty quick to point out to my coaches that they have an opportunity to make money for themselves by doing a workshop we currently have an an eight-week only specialist seminar thing that sure. grew up just out of interest, and I didn't yeah. know, even though Oli is actually all I coach anymore. I never coach CrossFit, um, you know. And so someone's coming in, and you know, this sort of organic eight-week series built itself. So it's like being, yes, being constantly open, but not in a way that's like plotting and stalking and nickel. Yeah, no, I get it. Responsive, you know, like I see this need. How can we make this need, you know, meet? Yeah. What am, yeah. Go ahead. Man. Well, I was going to say, I think your point is so good about me. Like, I love, and you know, I, I get off whenever you use food as an example, because that's, I, we're speaking my, our love languages. <laughs> but, uh, but, and I am a buffet fan for anybody wondering. But the, uh, when you use Chipotle, I, look, I, like, I love that example because you're right. You're going to pay for the extra chicken, but you don't pay for the extra vegetables. So it's that value sort of line there. Sure. And that's, why, that's when I, like in the back of my head, I'm always thinking service, customer service over and beyond. And that's why, like, I tell people, like, to be 100% honest, I like the chicken better at Zaxby's. I think their fried chicken's better than Chick-fil-A, if you want my opinion. I like the Zax sauce better too, all right? But I go to Chick-fil-A because I walk in with my two-year-old toddler and my four-year-old and they're running around and blah, 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 and I get the chicken. And they, they bring it to my table. They come around, they put the placemats down for my kids. They, you know, they clean up, they ask us for refills and yeah. they don't charge us for any of that extra stuff that they could. It doesn't say on the menu it comes with it. So Zaxby's has lost my business just because Chick-fil-A gets that. Sure. And, and so I'm always thinking like little things out there like that, like, okay, if, if we're, if giving away that five minutes for free means that these members are going to stay with me for five years, I'll take that trade. But at the same time, if there's so much value there, you're right. That line has to be drawn. And so two things on this. Number one is when you're a coach, you have essentially the value is your craft of coaching. That's your main value. And then there's like this qualitative value of being a human being, a really awesome human being that connects with people. Yeah. So that's why when you like what, your Chick-fil-A statement I liked and I want to make sure we dug into that was the chicken is the craft in this analogy. The texting the client on their birthday, maybe bringing them in their favorite cake or something, or maybe like playing their favorite song or whatever it is, that's the picking up after them in the napkins. But the one thing a coach trades on, their craft, 
And I'm very, like, I love what James Fitzgerald, if you follow any of what James writes about, James wants coaches to be at the same level as a doctor, a lawyer, these professions. But there is a common denominator amongst there when we look at these other professions, and they generally, if we've looked at the hourly wage across the country for personal training versus the hourly wage for a lawyer or a doctor, that thing like that, why is there such a discrepancy? And I think generally, you know, I think doctors and lawyers, because there's a precedent and there's a there's a years of college and all that that goes into it, and the debt, like you're able to put this higher hourly. But we all know coaches can make such an impact in people's lives. How do we? How would we ever? If I, you know, it won't happen in our lifetime, but in the next generations, will coach be at the same level as lawyer and doctor one day? I would love for that to be the case. And I think one of those things has to do is understand that your chicken is the value, your craft, and the other stuff is yeah, it's complimentary, it's free, it's it's the it's the being a, just a good human being. And I selfishly wanted to do this because in my goal of searching for answers for micro gym owners, I want to know what is something that is repeatable. Every gym owner, not everyone, I did, that's a lie. My, my, for me, for example, I'll speak to me only, my goal is to create a business that I could walk away from and stood on his own, and I could go and create other things. That was my goal. But the only way I can do that is if there are things that are pretty black and white and then some things that have gray. Because i got to be able to tell my GM, my assistant GM, my coaches, when this happens, do this, and when this happens, do this. So when you guys, could you help me? How would I, if I wanted to help do this for gym, micro gym owners, what is the, what is the, what's the, you said there's got to be a line. What is it? Is it 10 minutes? Is it only if two people are in front of you? And I know there's no answer to this, but I'm still trying to pose how do we grow the business by giving someone a, in this scenario, head coach Sally, do this thing. How would we create something like that? Well, step, step one, I, I, I'll just, I'll be quick. Listen, you can take over because I, I think it's obvious that what you teach helps. And st- that's because if you do it from the beginning, this PT first thing, I, do you all still do that at urban movement? I don't know if you still yeah. do it with the just movement. Okay. Yeah. So, so the PT first thing is step one, easiest way to do it because at least it gets every new client in your door used to the idea that PT exists here. Now, whether or not you do this recurring Mad Lab model or not down the road, that's a, that's that's different. Um, but but at least you got you've you've introduced everybody that way. So to me, that's step one, and we have done that successfully. And then I like step two about how you brand these sessions. Calling them personal training sessions to me doesn't differentiate you from Gold's Gym or any anything else. So when you you label them as skill sessions, even a thirty minute like I don't think anybody needs an hour of anybody's time. I can't sit and talk to anybody for an hour. So I love that idea that sit and talk to me for an hour. Right, I would do that. You would, I would. <laughs> but uh, but uh, the I love the idea of that that you know thirty forty bucks thirty whatever your number is a skill session because it's like no we're focusing on this one skill because that's probably all you need PT for. Now, I don't need to sit there and watch me do leg exercises to get stronger hamstrings. Like I could just give you that program you go do that on your own. But for the skill stuff, I, I love that by branding it the right way. You're huge into branding, and, and even Alyssa said she's really big into language and words. So I think wording is very important to make people feel like, hey, I'm getting coached here, not trained. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I come to group class for, for training. Yeah. Now I'm actually getting coached. It's like I'm going to my doctor or to my lawyer. Like I'm getting specific advice. There's a video camera out. They don't do that at Gold's Gym. Like it's, it's different, you know, and I, I think that's where you do it, where you draw that line. I don't know. 30 minutes makes sense to me. Five to 10 minutes, give that away. But like you've said, use that. If, if your goal, if the problem you're trying to solve is to create more personal training revenue for your gym, it's not the problem I'm currently trying to solve in my gym, but there's a lot of people listening that are, then I think that's how you have to do it. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Alyssa, on that? Yeah, I think he was spot on. Uh, skill session way better than personal training. Yep. Um, 
any day. Um, it's also, it's not a problem that we're necessarily trying to solve, but if I understood your, your question at this juncture was how do you help judges identify the moments when it goes from being unhelpful human being to I'm doing more labor than I was supposed to. Um, one of the things we do at Rocket, and we make this super clear with all our coaches when we hire you, is that our, our hierarchy of who we care about as team owners um, is that we care about coaches first. Um, they always come first for us, then members, and then Brady and myself. Um, and so we instill in our coaches the idea that we are always trying to create opportunities for growth and revenue for them. Um, and I think that helps them identify when they see something. So when they start having the same question asked time and time again, or when several people are coming in, they can then come to us and say, okay, I have an opportunity for either skill sessions or workshops or a series of classes. Let me get this straight. I want to, because I want to go back to this. This was interesting because I think I'm going to get a lot of people that resonate with you, Alyssa, that like, I'm happy where the business is at growth-wise, yet I still want to create increased growth potential for coaches. Okay. So that, again, that's one of those domino effects that how can I pay a coach more if I'm really not interested in growing the business more? It's essentially I have to play with the house money that's already here, like the current members, essentially, right? Creating that second revenue stream. So Alyssa, you're like, I'd rather not have any new bodies in the door. I'd rather if any of my current bodies, members, are interested in additional services. And skill sessions, the tagline, and anyone listening to this, I've always given this away. This is my favorite tagline. It works really well. You pick the movement. You pick the coach. We'll handle the rest. That's a great tagline for selling skill sessions. Um, I, we even, like, we were just, me and Isaac were jamming on it, you know, stretch sessions. We are getting stretch laboratories. I don't know if this has hit, no, Alyssa's hit Seattle. Well, it's hit our gym for sure. Oh, okay. So have you seen this, Will, like stretch labs? I saw it, yeah, gym up the street doing it, yeah. Yeah, so we're doing stretch sessions now, stretch sesh. It's just fun to say, and it's going to sell well probably because there are people that like literally like, sure, I'd love for someone just to passively stretch me out and talk to me for 30 minutes after. We all see these at local competitions. There are guys that go and do that. There are huge opportunities, and I think these guys nailed it. Um, skill sessions is a great one and then you know you can change the word skill out if you think someone's not looking to advance in a certain you guys can get very smart with the, the linguistics of the whole thing but i i think essentially what we're, what we're all talking about here whether we all agree on things or not is i think everyone agrees that revenue the revenue streams of the gym have to diversify to a degree and i think working with a coach individually to a, or remotely and it, like individual design is obviously the next thing um I'm also, I'm, I'm really, really big on when I, well, there are a lot of guys that jump down this. I want people to be not comfortable, like, if this isn't uh, Glen Gary, Glen Ross sales, right? This is, this is, again, feeling comfortable in what it is I have to offer. Far too often, though, when I give these key, like, I'll go to Iron and Mortar and talk about it, and I ask them, raise your hand if you had a profession that you went to school for and you had a trade and education in other than fitness, less than 10 years ago and a majority of the gym owners will raise their hand now and say well yeah i was a cpa for eight years and then i got my level one i opened a gym two years later and i understand where that individual might have some internal uh they combat themselves am i really am i a fitness professional can i charge that rate should i say like there are a lot of people crossfit gym owners especially don't feel comfortable with nutrition that's why nutrition services are cleaning up right now because maybe that was not an educational component. They really got, they got the level one, they've got experience coaching, but hell, if you want to talk to them about Lepitin and Ghrelin, they do not want to have that conversation with you. And they're just, I'm not educated in that. Um, 
I, I really, I think as owners and coaches get more education, like there are guys that are going to training think tank certifications or OPEX or the advanced, the C, the level three with CrossFit and all the different things you can do it. They are feeling so fucking smart. It's almost like it's like, I am worth shit. I'm worth more than $70 an hour. Yeah. I think a lot of what I, what I will combat in my future efforts to get people to see through this is realizing that if you don't feel you're worth it, that is ultimately, I think, at the intro, the natural, the base level, that's where we'll have this problem psychologically, internally. Um, and as you get better in your craft, you will start to justify it more and more. Just like the gym owner who in the very beginning was zero clients, we always give it away. We'll do whatever we can to get a few clients. We've all been there. And as we grow some business acumen and we grow some clients, we start standing up for ourselves. Like, no, I'm not giving you the first two months free. I'm worth this. And then fast forward 10 years, you'll see it in these affiliate owners groups. Owners are now very big balls and walking around and standing up because they've been through, they feel they're worth it at that point through time and experience and tenure. And I, I, I guess I also look at that as the root. When I hear a lot of the guys in the groups, and it, not YouTube, but there were a lot of the DMs that came through in comments were very much like, fuck you and fuck sales. Yeah. Part of me, I, I see that as, as definitely, I think, part of the internal battle. And I could be off on that, but I don't think I am. I think that's exactly what you've got to start talking about, Stu Moore. And I, I think that you're the only, by the way, you're the only person in this industry. Everybody's telling people how to, you know, get more clients in the gym, how to market, how to uh, get nutrition. Everyone's selling you everything from the technician side. Nobody talks to this now highly trained level three technician on how to sell himself. You're the only person that even talks about that outside of maybe some of the stuff Mad Labs does. So, yes, they have to know that because otherwise you've built this super fitness geek. Well, super geeks in any craft aren't usually good at sales because they've neglected that side. They've neglected that relationship side to get to that high proficiency level. So, and this is exactly what we, I talked to our staff about, you know, at our kind of offsite meeting we did at the end of the year is like my thing next year, I didn't really put it from a sales perspective, but I did put it in the way you just said is that guys, we're going to act like the true professionals in this industry. We're going to professionalize this. And you saw my post on taking the industry back and the things, there's so much crap out there. You've got Planet Fitness giving away pizza and cookies after workouts. You've got, you know, I mean, it's just, you've got people telling you that the way to lose weight is the seven weight day detox. You've got so much bunk science out there. I was like, guys, you all, the people in this room, every one of you all are true professionals. You've got, and you've got the undivided attention of what, 150 people now staring at you. I said, you've earned a right with these people. Now, now, now do it right. Do these people right and act like professionals. And that, however, whatever that means, it could be your social media page. It could be the way you talk to people. It could be after class. It could be like you're saying, selling something, but understand that you are high, that you are valued enough, that you are a professional and then run with that. So no. I mean, I, I think that that's all absolutely correct. You're just talking about imposter syndrome. Yeah, there you go, 100%. Yeah. And I think a lot of that does. What did you do in a past life, Alyssa? Uh, I want the truth? Yes. I was a sex and relationship counselor. Okay. You, you're just really, you're, you're, you're very intelligent. A professional. Yeah. Um, it is hard, however, to come from a background as a sex educator and then start teaching the snatch, um, especially when your daughter's in the class. So just for the <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to come to that class. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun, actually, although I also I'm learning ceramics and I was learning how to pull handles today. That's also some. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> you picked the perfect guest for this podcast. This is yeah, this is phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm a certified kids coach. 
but so so you're talking you're talking about um, imposter syndrome, which is a hundred percent real, and I think we all face it when we're new at something. That's yes. why your first you know your first date is usually your worst date, right? Like that's yeah. just how that goes. Um, the other thing you're talking about selling yourself and selling products. I think that one of the things that drives me the most crazy in that page um, is that people present things as if there's a universal truth. Um, and there's not. If I tried to sell myself the same way that you sell yourself, um, it would not work. It would not work. Um, yeah. And I'm not looking to build, even though, you know, we're all have gyms, most of us CrossFit gyms, um, and we're all looking for some undefined sort of growth, perhaps. Like I want to be able to, you know, I want to be able to ride out illness and injury and whatnot. Um, at the end of the day, we're all still selling very different products. And so right. when somebody comes to me, I actually never try to convince them that mine is the gym for them. There's a gym a mile on either side of us. And I very earnestly say, I need you to go to both of those gyms because I am never going to try and convince you that you want to be with me. I could not agree with that more. I love yeah. that. If you wonder if you want to be with me, you don't want to be with me. Um, yeah. And so, you know, same thing in sex and relationships. If you're trying to convince someone that they should be with you and you're trying to pull out all the stops to get their attention, walk away. Do you have a sex and CrossFit podcast? You totally need to. I feel I, like that would be amazing. I actually used to have, I think it's still Google. Well, I used to have a radio show on the Progressive Radio Network called Sex Talk Radio. Um, Wait, there needs to be a sex and CrossFit podcast and you would crush it, crush it. I, um, I can talk about those things together all day long. I've done TED Talks about sex. I, I love it. The great quickly. <laughs> The, when you were mentioning that, that, so I always use the analogy and I tell clients when they come in, I've, I'm in a very millennial young professional um, market here in Charlotte. And I'll tell them like, fitness is very much like, uh, it's like alcohol. We have a lot of microbreweries in Charlotte, very large microbrewery sector. And I'll say, you know, you could love uh, a lager and be totally down with this microbrewery to my right and then hate the microbrewery to your left. You can love fitness and love CrossFit and despise Orange Theory. I tell people every CrossFit gym or every micro gym has got a different flavor. You should go around, see what kind of people are in that bar, right? What, what does the beer taste like? Do you like the atmosphere, this, that? And you will find the space that speaks to you. There's nothing in here you're going to see in this consultation or this one-hour class that, you know, maybe it'll sell you real quick. Maybe you're a, a quick early adopter, a fast buyer, that kind of scenario. But otherwise, the best way to learn is to try the things. Like, you don't know what you're missing until you've had it, and you don't know what you had until it's gone kind of scenario but that's part of the it's part of why i think i bristle when i see this sales stuff yeah. like because i just i don't want you know so much of what we do in the fitness industry and maybe not not you not you not me um but out there in the fitness industry is as will was saying is we sell lies um and we sell false promises um and i have you know people come in telling me they want to have six-pack abs and i'm like yeah so that's most likely not going to happen um let's find a different set of goals um, and so to me, sales starts to feel like something entirely disingenuous, whereas if you create trust and relationships and opportunities, people will come to you with them. Yeah. So I know that when I, um, since we already brought up the old thing that I used to be a sex educator, um, I used to tell people the way to have the best sex of your life is to be with somebody who you completely, truly, fully trust. When you have that trust, so when you have a safe word, when you have established rules, when you have all those things, you will be able to do things that you kind of always fantasized about but never thought you could actually do. And the truth is, it is exactly the same in the gym. So if you can come to me and you know that you can trust me not to judge your body, not to judge your goals, not to judge anything, um, but to truly be present with you in figuring out who you are, what you need, what you want, and what's going to make you happy, 
you will buy things from me, not because I sold them to you, but because you see me as an opportunity to become the best you that you can possibly be, right? That's really, really, really different from sales. Yeah. That's an opportunity. Yeah. I, you know what? I don't know what people maybe are going to expect when they hear this, whether they were hoping and we were all going to be trading blows and motherfuck this and just cussing each other out. But I will say one of my favorite sayings, and I, if I could put somebody on my tombstone, it would be, it's not what you do. It's the how and why behind why you do it that makes you successful. Very a la Simon Sinek, right? And um, very much so when I listen to what you're saying, or so when I hear Will, I hear even though we have a difference of opinion, it's not what we're all doing. I'm doing it differently than Will. Will's doing it differently than Alyssa and so on and so forth. But we all have a why behind we do it a certain way. And we're executing well on our how, at least at this present time. And our how, how we execute on it, will, will always evolve with time in the market and tech and all this other stuff. But the what we do is irrelevant. Like when a gym owner's like, I have, I do it this way, Orange Theory. I do heart rate monitors. That's what they do. Who gives a fuck? Heart rate monitors have been around for 40 years. That is not why they're successful. They have a different why and a how than other gyms. That's and just not that they're better or worse, but they have something different than someone else. I, I just really, as I listen to you guys talk, I just, it makes me really, uh, it reconfirms faith in the micro gym industry that there are gym owners out there that have grabbed a hold of their, why and their how and they're not looking around for everyone to tell them what to do like when you said you hate it when people like i make statements that are very definitive because i need to make a splash but i hate that same thing i don't want anyone to tell me it has to be this way pt first works group only works having one revenue stream works orange theory's proven it will ask me earlier it just works for a volume-based model alchemy 365 400 memberships per location right that works in a volume they have no pt Volume-based models, certain things work. Like there's always, everything works. It's like a diet. Is there a perfect diet? No, they all work for somebody. And so I was just really glad to kind of have this conversation today and kind of hear, again, and just kind of as, as it's going through, I'm just like, they just each have their own whys and how they're executing on it is fucking great for their model. And we're, we're going to adapt. Like if, if in, a, in a year, I'm like, dude, I was way fucking off. I should have listened to Alyssa. That man, I've been fucking this up. I can change my how. Right, the what moves, I change the how, these things are moving, but I think the why is the biggest thing, and that I truly think the two of you guys have that dialed in. It's working. Awesome. Any parting words from anyone on this conversation? Just didn't mean to talk about sex so much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's great. I'm serious. I would love to do so. I would love to do like a sex podcast with you. I, I think that'd be phenomenal. I'm out for that one. You're <laughs> I know. I, I think. Thank you, Stu, for doing that. I, I love it when you make a splash. You know, I love chiming in, stirring up controversy in there too. And I think that um, above all, of course, you you will put these blanket statements out that everyone thinks you are making a blanket statement. But for anybody listening, I would say that you know, for all the time we've spent with you and talked with you, you're, you're doing that to to create the attention. And then once you're the last person on earth that would ever tell anyone this is the only way it works and you've done such a great job of saying well let's find out what you do well and see how we can make that work better um so i just appreciate you putting that out there and i i still love to bust your balls and disagree with you every now and then and i probably won't stop that but uh, disagreements are the only reason we have anything in this world yeah, keep paying <laughs> that's right that's right i still keep paying you from time to time for some reason so it's, it's working so, <laughs> What we're all doing is obviously working. I think that's the key takeaway here. And the only thing that we could focus on is can we make it work better? You know? And I think it's growth. I think conversations like this are going to, someone's going to listen to it and hear something that they do something differently. Maybe they change a how or whatever in their business or helps them find their why. And, and 
they make a different move and it ends up it, it's for the better for how many gyms that i would be interested before we go on this too because i just and, and Alyssa's the same way you're the same way we you've got three people on this podcast that are that are, are saying what we are doing is working but i would assume a large percentage of who you talk to they're coming to you because what they're doing is not working is that is that true something's not working yeah so, so for anyone out there listening that's confused, I do think that don't don't listen to what me or even Alyssa has said is working for our gym. You know, if if something you're doing is broken, I think what you're, yeah. you're saying. You chose the affiliate model for the freedom. If you wanted someone to tell you exactly what to do, you would have paid for a franchise. That's yeah, 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 yeah. it's like the CrossFit gym. I was like, hey guys, what what should I do with this? How should I do this? When should I do this? Why should I? When should I say that? It's like. You're, you're looking for someone to give you the total roadmap. I think you signed up for the wrong thing. I think you this affiliate thing that's a blessing, in my opinion, from an entrepreneurial standpoint, you get to write your own roadmap. Use other people's experiences to don't go there and avoid that and, you know, fit aid, coke, whatever the fuck it is. But, like, at the end of the day, you get to write your own map. And if you wanted someone else to write it for you, you might have looked into a franchise model. Yeah. Should have maybe. Yeah. But, Alyssa, any parting words? No, that about covers it. It's always just you do you. Am I as big of a dick as you initially thought I was before the call? A little bit less of a dick. And I might not reblock you. Uh, I would appreciate that. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe to the blog on YouTube. Um, Carolina? I am in Charlotte, yeah. Okay. I don't know. I'll be in Durham. I'll be in Durham. I know. I, so I was telling Will and them, I would, they're doing it. They it just added an event at CrossFit uh, Dilworth that's just down the street from me. Um, so I don't know if you'll be at that one. If you make it into the Charlotte. Is that the one in Durham? No, it's on the one they're doing another Outlaw event. Do you do all? Are you just doing the tour? No, I'm just doing the educational tour. Okay. What does it mean to be trans and how does it? Yeah. Why does it actually not matter? I I love that. Anyone who has not listened to my podcast with Will and Chloe with the Out Foundation and Outlawed, phenomenal podcast. They're doing amazing fucking things. Go listen. It's a few podcasts back. But um, guys, thank you so much for your time tonight. I know you're busy. This was awesome. I'm definitely. I'm gonna do this again. So next, if you see me throw another douchey comment up in the in the affiliate owners group, I'm just I'm looking to to find a few bears to poke and, and get them on here and 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 have another conversation. So thank you so much for participating.